Party people in the place to be, what is up? Welcome to the Top of the Head, the show where we take a topic, have a conversation about that topic, and then write a song. So this is going to be episode number four. I guess you could say five if you count the fact that we split the last one into two since it was so heavy, but for counting just the topics and the songs, episode four. So because the last one was so heavy and the topic was death, this one we kind of wanted to lighten it up a little bit. So the topic for today is going to be community. And the reason we landed on community is we, Mike and I were kind of reminiscing about things that kind of shaped us um, early on in our life when we first met in 1996, um, all the way up till now, and some of those things that shaped us early on that we're still using. And community kind of makes us think of all of the the bands that we played in, not only Confusion that you've heard us mention um, a lot of times, but there, we were in another band together called the Happy Hour Crew when we were 16. And that's really where we started to kind of form these alliances with different people, different bands, and learn some skills that we still use today. You know, whether it's um, business skills that we learned from those days, um, or networking skills, or self-confidence, all of that stuff kind of pushed forward and we're still using it today, including this podcast. So we wanted to kind of shine light on that. And this episode is also going to mark the first time we've ever had a guest on. Um, His name's Tim, Tim Rice. He was actually in the band before Kung Fusion called Happy Hour Crew. Um, And we thought it would be a good idea to have him on because he was kind of the third beastie boy, if you will. He was... um, us three, whether it was in that band or just in life, you'll hear us reference this uh, St. Nicky's Christmas Gathering, which was a show that the three of us put together every year. It was a, a benefit concert for the Hunger Task Force in Milwaukee, and we got like 20-some bands every year together to play this show, and that really taught us how to create communities, You know, whether it was networking through different people, um, showing the diversity and the types of bands that we put together. Um, making connections that were long-lasting, um, self-confidence, as I mentioned. So this one's pretty fun. Um, it was, you know, and the song which we do reveal in this episode was so much fun. It was a love letter to those days. This episode, I try some different stuff um, throughout, um, like I did last time. I give you guys a behind-the-curtain look at where the ideas were coming from in um, voice messages that Tim and Mike and I were sending back and forth before we talked or after we talked. And also there's kind of a a sound design element to this episode. So when you're hearing the podcast in the background, you may hear some sounds in reference to what we're talking about, whether it's a song or an idea. Um, I actually do play one of the songs from that St. Nikki's Christmas gathering that we played um, back in the late 90s, song called Comfortable Silence. So let's get into it without any further ado. Here we go. Episode number four for Top of the Head. Topic is community. Roll that intro. Feel it sucks. Off the top of my head. And where's it coming from? From the top of his head. And where's it coming from? Right from the top of his head. Where's it coming from? Hey, Duder. Uh, hope you had a good weekend. Maybe what we should talk about it is right under our noses. So, um, what do you think about the topic being community? And I'll explain why. Given that it's December, 
um, I think that us talking about community could really open up tons of different avenues, whether it's talking about the community we created in the local band scene back in the day and how that, you know, felt so rewarding, or even because of the holidays, you're talking about like creating the St. Nikki's thing and sticking to that and really bringing people together. And then updating that on struggling to create a community for ourselves now and later in life, whether that's you creating communities every time you work with a different project in Spirit of Space, or trying to help grow the city of Plowin and with that, you know, whatever you're getting involved with, or us growing the community at school or me, you know, with surfing. So I think there's a lot of avenues there. Um, and it's perfectly... It would be fun to talk about the holidays with St. Nicky's, you know what I mean? Like, have it be a little bit themed. I love this idea that the next topic that we're going to talk about is community. And I'm almost thinking, I'm just, let's start fucking songwriting before we talk. Whenever we talk, maybe it's in the middle of it. Maybe some of the things we're writing about will go right into the conversation. And I think that's what you kind of alluded to, that the format will kind of change and stuff. But it's all about having... Mikey, what's up? What's up, Biggie Ads? Ready to do this? Uh, I think I'm ready. Yes. Happy happy holidays. Happy December. We are into the thick of it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's smart. It's like the second week of December, and it feels good that finally this feels normal. Like, it's never going to be a good time to do a podcast, so we might as well just do it right now before it gets worse. You <laughs> yeah, know? Absolutely. And it's it And it's it feels natural. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you and I have been talking over the last couple of weeks since we dropped episode four and trying to come up with the topic for episode five for December. And, you know, we were kind of going back and forth between a couple of different ideas. But then I kind of sent you a telegram message saying, you know, I think maybe the topic is right under our noses. And it was based off being in the month of December for me because I started thinking back to... um our early days of being, you know, 16 and 17 years old. And when we first started uh, doing things together, playing in bands and everything. And I started thinking about a specific show that we used to do every year. And then that got me thinking about creating communities around everything, really. I mean, we were creating communities with playing in bands together. And then, you know, that just kind of explodes from there. So I think this is going to be community is the topic, right? Creative community and creating community. Yeah, no, that's, it's, that's beautiful. It's always like, you know, Christmas, it would, it felt more that we always engaged on this St. Nikki's benefit concert where we, you know, gave the proceeds to the hunger task force, but it was just a way to always like meet new people and say like, wow, I love this hardcore band. Wow. I love this math rock band or a ska band and this and that, Hey, they should play at St. Nikki's like throughout the whole year. There was always something that you could throw them in the kind of, um, collage, you know, that, that felt good. And then it was always be different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, even rewinding back before we even did that first St. Nikki's show, um, you know, just just playing in local bands together, I started to kind of experience that. Because for me, I was thinking about it, and it's like, when I moved from California to Wisconsin, you know, right before I started high school, like, I was super lost, you know. And I remember, like, 
trying to find my niche and trying to find like where I was going to be, who I was going to be. I mean, everyone's going through that at that time. But like for me, you know, I just come from Southern California to this like rural farm town. So I was trying to meet people and trying to figure out like, okay, back in California, you were this like surfer kid. Like, is that who you're going to be here? On Lake Michigan at that time, that was a pretty difficult thing to pull off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I remember just being so intensely frightened about going, you know, starting school and stuff. I didn't know anybody. So, like, at the beginning, yeah. I, um, I went out for football, even though I was not really that into sports. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I know I'll meet people that way, you know? So like I tried out for football and I ended up like making a promise to myself, like, okay, if I do this and I make it, I'm just going to do it for all four years. And I did. Now looking back on it, it seems weird. Cause if you met me, you wouldn't be like, yep, that guy's a football player. And this, <laughs> but w what's funny is when I met you, you were even more so not, yep, that guy's a football player and you played football as well, yeah. you know? So it was so funny. But like, just trying to find my niche, like in high school, I remember trying on different um, masks, basically, is the best way to put it, or different, like, what is your thing? You know, I remember this girl saying to me in high school once, like, um, what's, who are you trying to be, or what are you? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, some days you come to school, and you have, like, a wallet chain, and, like, these baggy pants, and then, like, other days, like you look like this preppy guy. And I'm like, well, maybe that's my thing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I just remembered like really trying to figure that out. And it, <clears throat> I didn't find it at my high school, but you should have just, miles you should just stopped yeah. her. Like, but Hey, excuse me, but don't I look handsome underneath all those masks? <laughs> that's the real question that we need to discuss. Right. And I think, yeah. I, well, think about it in, in those days, you actually had to make a public appearance of the type of, person or the type of crew that you were into you know like you if you were into anime and stuff or you were playing dungeons and dragons or you were totally you know just playing video games at home or i don't know doing anything there was not really a, a strong online community to connect people together i guess there were groups and people could meet at like a i remember there was always those conferences i used to go there for nintendo Mm -hmm. like the, the championships and you'd see people at, at the Mecca, um, you know, for role playing. What do they, what do they call those? They're not conference. Yeah. Like just big con conferences. A so, con. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Shagma. So, I mean, there were, were still all these groups and it was cool to be into things that you, that other people weren't really aware of. And then you could kind of share that with them. But mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I remember in high school, I mean, that seems kind of terrifying, Adam, because you were old enough to be really hypersensitively aware of, you know, what kind of impression you're going to give to people. And then you come into this new thing and it's like a clean slate. I, that would drive me crazy. That yeah, well, I just remember like talking to people and like the first like weekend that comes up after you start school, like, what are you guys going to do this weekend and everything, you know, and like normally I'd be like, well... I'm going to go skateboard or maybe play video games or like surf was what I would have done back home, go to the beach. And I remember talking to these kids like, well, I'm probably going to go hunting with my dad. And I'm just like, I remember my, the side of my head felt like it just exploded out of my body. I was like, what? You're going to go hunting with your dad. What are you talking about? And then they're like, explain to me like, yeah, we just walk out into the woods and go hunt. It was just so 
foreign you to me. Yeah, you didn't like, even know that's it, an option. Yeah, it, it just seems weird. Like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it just seems so weird. So, like, yeah, for me, like, you know, getting back to, like, the community thing, I think I was... I was putting all these options of energy out there. Like, okay, I'm going to try this. Does this stick? Like, am I the jock? I'm going to try this. Like, am I this like preppy Abercrombie and Fitch old Navy kid? Am I this over here, this like punk rocker and I'm listening to rancid and stuff. And like, it, it wasn't until I found you and Tim that were 15 miles away from, from my high school friends that I could like, connect with and then create a new thing with and i think that's what it was like as soon as i met um people with you know like-minded things i was like oh shit that's my thing like i you know i need to play music this is what makes me feel like nothing else and i'm creating something new based on this community that you and i and these other guys are creating Do you know what i yeah. mean yeah <clears throat> i mean just as you're saying that i'm thinking of some early days, maybe I was a freshman in high school or being with the Boy Scouts. So I'm also a definitely, a, um, I'm an Eagle Scout and I was with Boy Scouts, you know, since we blows, you know, late, like in grade school. But I can remember being on that houseboat and sitting there writing rhymes, you know, and people were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just practicing rhyming or making raps you know and like listening to hip-hop music and it was like we were still young enough that no one would be like whatever white dude you're never gonna be a rapper you know like we were still young enough where anyone could just do anything they wanted and I was just thinking where did that come from before that and I was thinking of um Glenn's older brother so Glenn was the bass uh -huh. player in Confusion and like we were best friends since preschool because Glenn's mom did like a daycare and I would stay there when my mom was teaching and so we knew each other since we were like four. And I remember writing this rap was the first time where other people started <laughs> saying lyrics to me. And it was like, there's something going on. There's something wrong. There's a hedgehog in the room with nothing on because the ghost of <laughs> Hong Kong took his fur. And, and then I, I can't remember the rest, but I remember that people or like Glenn's brother would always tease me and say Nink. Because I remember in the sixth grade, I made up this word Ninky. And it was like uh -huh. supposed to have adverse effects on girls like that you didn't like if you said it three times, ninky, 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 then they would fall up the stairs. Like I was telling guys that they, they could try this out, you know, at, <laughs> on the playground. But I remember like he, he, he um, Glenn's older brother always called me Nink and stuff. And I remember when we first started playing bands or DJing stuff, I was like, yeah, Mr. Nink. And that, Mr. so I think Nink, yeah. that's pretty cool that even something when I'm in the sixth grade still played through of the sense of community where you could have an alias being part of a community, but in a parallel universe because the community you're in, you're in suburban, uh -huh. you know, Wisconsin, uh -huh. and uh, you've never really been in an inner city and stuff, and you're buying this, you know, like I, my posters all over the wall. I remember my dad coming in and like, what is this? Some kind of shrine to people that are going to MTV jail raps. <laughs> yeah because yeah, you know there's yeah, like yeah. i had this big thing of of iced tea handcuffed behind like one of the the mugshot uh -huh. profiles and it's like original right. gangster and you know like <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm sure i'm i'm imagine what kind of like trauma i remember fight fighting with my mom like the first time i went to a camelot music store like trying to get it takes a nations of millions to hold us back. And I was like eight and my mom's like, no, 
you're not getting this, you know, parental advisory, explicit lyrics. And then right. I think for my birthday, yeah. I got DJ does Jeff and the Fresh Prince. But I mean, I listened to that thing over and over till I knew every lyric of every song. And it's like, at somehow later on when we knew people, we met people that had that same experience with us. It's kind of special because instead of being aware of the community you're connected with, you were, you, you have these roots that you didn't know led to other things, but somehow they, they do connect with other people later on when you talk about things in your history. And I think that's yeah. one thing that today that's kind of, I don't know if people are taking that for granted mm-hmm. or if they're being aware of it because, because we are so openly connected with many other people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think people are craving the actual physical connection though, for sure. I mean, I am, you know, I mean, or the actual conversation, nuanced conversations versus, you know, so many characters that you can post on Instagram or Twitter or wherever, you know, for sure. I mean, that's, I think that's why we look back on before that time period with this like nostalgic rose, rose colored lens, you know, I mean, like, you know, I do it too. I mean, in the time, I was lost and probably super scared most of the time. But now I look back and I was like, yeah, it's the greatest time of my life. You know what I mean? So it's both. I mean, for sure. But like even back then, like we were all creating these little different little pocket sex uh, sects of, <laughs> of, of, um, we were creating pocket sex too. pocket sex. Yeah, we making, yeah. Well, that's very true. Yes. Yes. What are you doing in that pocket? What are you doing this weekend? Well, pocket sex. <laughs> But like, you know, you had, it's just interesting to me, like, and I'm going to learn probably firsthand my, you know, my, when my daughter gets to a little, maybe a couple in a couple of years here, you know, she's 10 now. So like, you know, 14, 15 of like seeing what these have turned into now, you know, as far as like what the different groups are, you know, like, but back then it was like, you had your typical you know, you had your jocks, you had your, um, it, for me and for you and I, we had your, your like country music cowboy guys or like wannabe, even if they weren't mm-hmm. farmers or wearing cowboy boots and listening to Alan Jackson way down yonder on the Chattahoochee and stuff like that. No, well, no thing about it. That was the main thing that was distributed was the music industry. So that identified many different groups you know, and right. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. That's... I mean, the MT, the MTV age was like, I mean, we, it was booming when we were, you know, when we were coming up. I mean, so like, that's mm-hmm. what we didn't go to Instagram to see like what influencer was wearing. And that's what we wore. It was just, we were glued to MTV raps or like 120 minutes or whatever we were watching. And it's like, that's the thing. Okay. Go out and buy okay. this thing, wear this. And that's, you know? yeah, that's the first, I can remember being in happy hour and we played our first show at, um, What's the, what was the drummer's name from uh, Oh, Brad. Brad. Brad Grace. Yeah, yeah. Yep. In and, the basement. Yeah, and like there was a, you know, a, a quasi made backstage room in the laundry room and like you <laughs> you crawled through some like thing. I don't remember, but I remember just like you know, that was like a whole new world. We talked uh, about this with with one of the other podcast didn't we talk about this like where i remember the first yeah. time being in middle school and going on the bus and there was this one guy who always came on with a aaron who came on with a guitar and he had like you know frizzy black hair looked like slash you know and always in front of his face and like that was the first time i, I was like 
got one of his um, cassette tapes from Cactus Willie, and I'm like, oh my God, there's something besides what you hear on 94 WKTI. Like, there's, do you, did we talk about that? Yeah, we talked about it on the, <clears throat> not on top of the head. It was on the one when, when you and I drove out to Russ's house in Salt Lake. That's yeah, okay. when we talked about that. No, but yeah, so I mean, for me, that was totally enlightening to know that there were underground bands and that music, even before it came on the radio, had such a, like, a longer life to try and get that far. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think you probably had it a little bit differently because if you were growing up in California, that's where a lot of those bands you know, would go play a show and then all of a sudden they'd get signed like the next week. But, yeah. but in, in the Midwest, that took a lot right. more effort. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't seeing it quite firsthand yet because I was in eighth grade. So like for me, that, you know, that was like before coming to California, like I was super into like grunge rock and Soundgarden and Nirvana and stuff. That was that. And then once I got into high school and met first met Tim, the other guy in our first band that you and I were in together in Happy Hour, both of us were starting to get into like punk rock. So like no effects and rancid and like, um, I was even listening to a ton of no doubt like early on because that was like, I wore that like, um, like a, like a, a patch on my sleeve. Like anytime someone would talk about no doubt, I was like, yeah, I'm from Orange County. So what's up? <laughs> like it was, You know, like I did have a lot of pride about that. Cause they're all that, that whole scene came from out here for sure. But it was a little, I was a little bit too young to like see that happen firsthand you know like my i played like in a talent show in eighth grade out here in california and we had like three bass players four guitar players and we played like just when i was learning to like really starting to i mean i played drums since i was like seven but like really playing drums like practicing and stuff so like we i learned we learned lithium by nirvana <laughs> Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman by Metallica, and was it Paradise City by Guns? N- it was a Guns N' Roses song. Just which that, if you look at those three bands, that mix. tells you exactly what was going on at that time because it was such a weird like changing of the guard, you know, in the mid '90s. So yeah, yeah. it's funny. I can I can but, re- I can remember, you know, watching Headbangers Ball with Ricky Rackman. And- Welcome back to the Headbangers Ball, Ricky Rackman. Glenn was now, over my house and we were watching in the basement. And I remember the first time that Smells Like Teen Spirit came on. And that was on Headbangers Ball. So, like, that, mm. that's amazing that, you know, it had no place to go. But they knew that it was amazing and it was going to change, you know, people's yeah. connection with music. And that came out there. And I, can, I remember sometime after that, I remember Pearl Jam alive. But around that time, I went into the... <laughs> White House music on Blue Mountain Road in Waukesha. If anyone's listening, uh-huh. you, you can call the police. But I stole a pair of drumsticks, <laughs> some Promark um, 5As with nylon tips. And I we wrapped them in a bag and I buried them in Glenn's yard. What are you doing? I'm burying you. Now I'm going to play your drumsticks. Close your eyes. Let the dirt just shower over. Because at that time, I was just a, a fat kid with braces and had asthma, and I was playing the trumpet, which my dad, till this day, makes fun of me of, like, that it seems like the worst combination ever. Um, metal on metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lips bleeding, no air to blow through the trumpet. Like, and but, and yeah. I just said that I am going to learn to play the drums, and we're going to start a band. Because Glenn was playing bass. You know, he was playing stand-up bass, and then he got on a bass guitar. And I can remember... 
um, secretly with my trumpet instructor, who got, I got private lessons there from White House. Um, he was teaching me rhythms, like on a keyboard mm-hmm. and stuff. And, right. and, and then I basically told my mom that, you know, that I'm not playing trumpet anymore. This is like the beginning of seventh grade and that I wanted to play drums. And she's just not totally sure if it was going to stick. And so, so she said, okay, if you save up enough money, you know, rummage sales and all this stuff, we'll buy the drum, you buy the drums. And every year that you're continuing to play and taking lessons still and sticking with it, then I'll give you a hundred dollars back. And I think the Pearl export silver five piece was $600. And oh. till this day, I think that's such an amazing thing that she did for, to teach me like to stick with it. And I just remember then learning you know, the doors, I bought my first drum book where I listened to the doors and riders in the storm was like, I think like the first song I would like play with. So, but I just remember just right away, you know, taking my parents, um, digital camcorder and like filming us practice in the basement and wanting to start a band. And I I know we did covers and we talked to different kids at schools, but that was just amazing. I remember that's what got me into straight edge was like, we talked to Lane Tarowski and he was this, this kid that was like two or three years older than us when, when I was a freshman in high school. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was into straight edge and kind of emo starting out. And we asked him to like come over to practice a couple of times and sing with us. And I don't know, it's that, that was a way to start getting into different scenes and just to, to build your own. It was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that was before you and I met you were in those bands. I, for me, when I first met you, I think we've talked about it before, but like, you know, I was in this band with this guy, Tim from your high school and, um, two other guys. And we were practicing at this local music store in McGowanago, Wisconsin. And he, Tim had said, Hey, I'm going to invite this guy over to our practice and like to jam with us. And I'm like, okay, well, what is he a singer? Or like, what, what's the deal? And at the time we were kind of going through this, like, we wanted to be, we were going to be this like punk rock band. And then Tim started getting really into Rage Against the Machine. Like we we're both listening to hip hop or like, and for us, like our heroes locally was this band Citizen King who was signed to Warner Brothers. And like they were in, implementing like kind of like Fishbone and funk with like some record scratching. And that just seems cooler to us. And we were just like, we're going to pivot a little bit, you know? And like, I don't know, it was just what was going on. And we invited you to our practice and you just came in and, and like freestyled for like an hour. And like, I just remember looking around the room, like, <laughs> okay, this is going to be, this is awesome. Like, this is awesome. And like, holy shit, this is going to be different. And then from there, that's where I think for me, like the community thing really took off because before that we were messing around playing at basement shows and stuff. But the three of us, you, Tim and I, um, which if, if we have the time, we might float him in on uh, to talk about this yeah, a little definitely. bit, but, um, that's where you and I kind of like exploded on to, um, that community thing. Like it, it was almost like running a business, like the three of us, like the other guys in the band kind of like, they were just there to kind of play and stuff, which was fine. But like for the three of us, it was almost like we, we formed this treehouse fort and it was like, we had this like unity like okay we're gonna do something here whether it's just in our small little podunk who gives a fuck town or like beyond that but we're gonna do something and that's where we started to like make all these alliances and meet different bands and friends and like put together these they weren't even shows they were like more just like events you know like so we would do these large events um around playing a show 
you know, I mean, obviously you remember that stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that's, yeah. I mean, basically the, the way you got music was either you went to the store and bought it or you went to a local show and somebody made a demo on a cassette or they burned, started burning CDs and then you bought it there. You know what I mean? There was not, oh, you could <laughs> subscribe to the BMG music uh, thing or... Yuck, you're not going to play that again. Excuse me? Man, you keep playing the same CDs over and over. Yeah, I should get some new music. Why don't you join a music club? Good Do idea. It. No way. I hate those long commitments. Not if you join BMG. Oh, yeah? What makes them so different? You start with an incredible deal. And then buy only the music you want. And, and only when you want it. Look, it's right here in your Sunday paper. Under your TV guide, too. We're talking great music here. Rock. Jazz. Country. R&B. And classical. Make sure you look for the ad from BMG. Great music, an incredible deal. And you never have to buy anything you don't want. Ever. I can live with that. BMG Music Service. For people who love music but hate commitments. You know what I mean? Right. So so in that way, you had to get your ass out there and, and put yourself out there. So I can remember, you know, because I, around 15, then I... I met Jamie and like all these girls from Waukesha West and we kind of started, we, we got outside of our high school and then I, you know, I met her friends who were in that ska band, the working class and being right. in that time, you know, like middle nineties and stuff, there was a lot of like math rock and hardcore scenes in Waukesha. And for us to come up as like this ska band, it was just like, we got invited to these shows because it was awesome to like open up and have a release where people could just dance and be happy and have fun instead of more right. like this other heavy music. So I think, yeah. I, and, but that's like, a te- that's, I mean, I think yeah, that's a testament to you that, and you really brought this out in me, like once I met you and, and both you and Tim, but like recognizing other styles of music and recognizing that we were all like in it for the same reason, like meeting different like bands and stuff. And that's where I think like that St. Nikki's Christmas event that we did every year, um, kind of spawned that. And the first one that we did just to kind of talk about that a little bit, like that, that was super eye opening for me, like with creating this community, because like I had never seen, we probably collectively had never seen that many people, show up to see us play. I mean, there was probably, there had to be like 300 people there. I would say 400 people there. Like, you know, we rented out this room at a bowling alley, a bowling alley in Waukesha, which is the bowling alley where cheap trick got signed. (laughs) (laughs) So you never know what could happen. But, um, yeah. So, well, it, that was super eye-opening. I mean, you, I just remember creating those flyers and really planning that event like a business. Like, yeah, you know, no, that, in, well, that's that that entrepreneurship brought us together because we weren't there like to really make tons of money. I mean, you 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 no. broke even. Maybe you got some money to like invest in some recording time or whatever. But yeah, like printing flyers, going out, you know, buying the, renting the the evening, like finding out how drinks are going to work. Like could people that are of age get alcohol um, and just get, get working your ass off, like going where people would hang out and going to different schools and passing out these flyers and hope that people come. And 
Right. And I think once you did that event too, like, and we, we all were on stage, like seeing all these people like actually give a shit that were in, in this community that we had created. And not only that, but like growing that community from bands that I would have never listened to before, you know, like totally different styles, but seeing them all in one room come together. And that was so fun and so enlightening for me. And that, that's what like, that's what projected me into even to this day why I dig into different styles of music because it was like so eye opening, you know, and I just remember you were, that was your biggest thing. Like, Hey, I don't want to put on a show or like all the bands sound the same. Like that's boring. Like everyone else is doing that. Let's mm-hmm. get this rockabilly band, but let let's get these turntablists. Let's, let's get this like Lilith fair style, all girl <laughs> band. You know what I mean? Like it was like so broad. And like, I remember the freestyle you did in one mm-hmm. of our songs at that show where you were even just like freestyling about the event. And it was just, it warms my heart even just talking about it. Yeah. And I, th- yeah, we, we were blessed. I mean, maybe being in the suburbs and being bored, just had something to do with that. But I know that like big shout out, you know, to green scene and some of those early days were the downtown underground where we had this open outdoor festival and we all kind of just were on that same vibe. And I, I totally think that the entrepreneur spirit that I have today in spirit of space was, you know, incubated during being in high school where it was, not only were you just going out there to have a good time, listen to some music, but you were like already strategizing to think about like, if I hang out a little bit after and talk to this band, that would work perfect with this. And then it kind of puts the show in a new direction from last year. And, you know, it, it, it pushed you. And I think that was like a helpful thing in my development, just as, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. being self-employed and, and doing that because it, we weren't, it wasn't about making money. It was about, being a part of the culture and contributing to it and getting paid back with other people's happiness. Yeah. I just, you know, I just sit and wonder sometimes about that. And like, you know, I'm far removed. How do we cultivate that? Well, well, I think you and I are still cultivating by doing this podcast because we we are trying to do something like that. And we're we're actually having a conversation and you know what I mean? But I, I, not to sound like an old man on my rocking chair, but like I, I worry about some of the younger kids. Like, I, and I don't know, maybe they are creating communities in a different way. But I just think for me, if I had knowing where my brain was at at 17 years old, and if I had all the tools like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff, would we have used those to create a bigger community or would we have got lost in the other parts of that and, and lost mm-hmm. the whole? purpose of it you know are are people you know it's like anything i mean yeah. any kind of technology is like are you using it to to enhance the product you're trying to make or are you getting lost in the process well, and like going off on this tangent yeah i mean hey there's just, just as many you know people that we would say oh you're lame you're just consuming stuff you're not contributing you're not creating stuff but you know that's that's true you look on youtube or any kind of social platform that 90 percent of the people are consuming it and there's a very small percentage of the people creating it and i think now, just because there's so many more channels open and so many different types of social media, that's just, it, it bombards you with saying there's all this stuff happening and you know, you're not still not contributing where before it was just yeah. stagnant. So I'm not that worried. 
And at the yeah, same time, I think time, it seems worse than it actually is because like, yeah. exactly what you're saying. So because that technology gave everyone a voice, like, so like, okay, take that microcosm, yeah. right? Like at the, those shows we were creating, if you were to pull every one of those 300 people out of that show and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or, or like, see what they were going to create. They probably would. They were just there to see the thing. So those people are still existing in the virtual world and not interested in creating, which is totally fine. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. And, and think about this, we have this podcast and we can connect with tons of people that are all over the world that, that are our friends and kind of got scattered around that we wouldn't have contact anywhere. So like in effect, yeah. we're doing a local show right now and it's so mm-hmm. easy. And I, they have, like I see it in both boys and I worry about that. And sometimes I'm being like trying to portray my idea of what I think teenagers should sure. be doing now. Like yesterday I had the fight bringing both boys well, Milan had to studies, but I brought Mika to breakdance and like, he didn't want to go. And I'm just like, man, you know, like just, you'll thank me later someday. Like you have a lot of good rhythm. You have, you like to dance and you got soul in it. And I want you to learn these, some of these fundamentals. Like if I had a, a, a if I went to breakdance when I was nine years old, mm-hmm. I would have been break <laughs> dancing a lot more than, you know, what me, Russ and Scott used to do, like even at UWM, sure. but I don't know. In some ways we need to just accept it. And I think what the boys, like my boys talking to a guy in France or talking to this while they're playing Fortnite on their switch, it's amazing. And I would have done the same thing if there those games were allowed there, you know, I still played yeah. probably just as much <laughs> True. on the media. So one thing I, I want to say is I did this last year for my birthday, it was my 40th birthday. And I put together like a local show. I rented out, um, that's called the Cafe Roasterai, and it's an old cafe, coffee roasting plant, and they have lots of shows and cultural events there. And I rented that out, and I took some confusion songs of ours, and I played with different bands, you know, and I played with a, a, a hardcore band or like a heavy metal band, and I played with a guy who him and his son played. His son plays piano, and his he plays saxophone. That was the first time they played together. I did like a solo song from from Jamie Liddell and I just played with different bands people brought instruments there were people I never met that came up on stage and played um the trumpet you know my friend brought his girlfriend she plays the trumpet and like it just was it was exactly that it was totally organic and I think people you know because I'm kind of this cultural diplomat brought to Plauen you know from when Theresia got together with me I feel I yeah I feel like I brought a lot of people together that weren't even aware that they were all connected somehow to me. And for me, that was like a full circle thing again, that I still feel like I don't have to be 16 to live those days. Like we can still do stuff today. It's still just as easy and there's no excuses. Yep. Yep. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, I, I, I think about that stuff all the time and I get the same feeling, you know, when I teach drums at my wife's school and like that, that community is so enriching, enriches my life as well. Like I'm, I do the sound at the um, Christmas shows, which is this week. And like just seeing that, that super intense um, engaged community around the parents and the kids and, and, and they take it to like a whole different level. Like the, the way that those kids are singing at like second grade is amazing. And, and that, even just that like community that, that I'm a part of, like I get so much out of that. So yeah, no, that's a gift. I think we gave ourselves at a really young age and I'm glad I still have it. I mean, yeah, 
I can, I, I mean, I also can think that time or creating those, those experiences for making me not a crazy introvert either, you know, like being forcing myself on stage to fail. Like, and we did fail. Like every show was not great. Like there was definitely times that sucked and like didn't work and no one showed up and, and, you know, but that was getting out there and trying was, was the most important thing. Yeah. And then we made the most of it or we like seriously begged people right in front of the store, like of the show, like five minutes, like come in here, like we'll pay for your ticket. We'll buy you a drink. Like just come and see Mm -hmm. the show and let's have some (laughs) fun. And and it was still fun or we just had fun with the owners and they, they loved the music and they gave us another chance to try it again because that stuff is still organic. You can't guarantee that you're going to sell out it, you know, and make the business good that night because you're in a new right. town. That's the first time you're there. But I, I love it. I think there's still just as many scenes and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was so proud to like, weave together this very diverse and extremely talented music scene that's in Plauen, you know, which still is like a small city in Germany and weave that together with something that kind of like woven it out. And then there was a song where I played with both boys, they switched up and they played drums and, you know, like it was so cool that day to see Meek, Milan and Mika dressing up because they were going to play a show in front of people. And it was like, it was a little bit, you know, like butterflies in the stomach and Teresa's sister played bass and her other sister learned a flute part. And I think I rewrote all the lyrics to like this one Christmas where the family, we all rented a house in the Czech Republic and it ex- kind of something exploded and we had a fight about it. And I rewrote the lyrics to talk about that, you know, and it was called mm-hmm. Family Circle. But it was just so cool that the foundation was an old confusion song that we I don't think we ever recorded. We just had it as some stuff we were practicing by, and that could lead to just bringing even our own family circle together to make something together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Last night, Roberta and I were practicing a song together. I haven't played, Roberta plays bass, as you know, and, and cello and many string instruments, but I'm always trying to like get her to play music with me you know and last night like it's 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 like a unicorn that shows up every couple years and she's gonna laugh when she hears this but like like (laughs) i can never say i can never say to like hey let's go play music right now because like for me it's like a itch and for her it just has to be you know in the moment but we were learning this song to play with her sixth graders um it's this it's actually another german artist but it's got that um modest yahoo guy in the song it's really cool but she's gonna play bass and i'm playing drums so we were up here in the office last night practicing and like i was it was like watching like i said like watching the unicorn like i didn't want to talk about it like i'm like looking at her like playing like oh, i'm not gonna say oh, i'm not gonna say how awesome this is because then it's never gonna happen again you have a thing about that 2006 when you had your wedding and you had that at the miramar theater and you got you played you know Therese um with tom and your dad yeah. and you guys were playing drums right. and you guys made a show and T- roberta's in her wedding dress playing the bass and your dad's you know next to you right. playing drums and we we did these songs together. That was something really special. Where you yeah, brought I never, your family I, yeah, into man, that I community. Never, I never even thought about that. That that our wedding was another example of what you kind of taught me, or what we taught each other early on. Is like that that wedding was an event in that aspect. I mean, our band Confusion played, and you know it was at this old theater, and then 
um, yeah, we learned these songs with my father-in-law and my dad and, and my wife and stuff. And yeah. to this day, like that was, and know, look was at me, me, nice. me, Malcolm and Jordan, you were playing on the turntables. Now Jordan's running, you know, 81.9 or 88.9. And, you know, Malcolm was for the DJ from Citizen King and it's just, yeah. that was, that's, that's what it is. You only have next weekend to do something special and it's right. like, that's where I want my money to go like to, or yeah. in time to put, to, to do that and get us together. What's funny is like, I love, I even just love talking about what we're going to create <laughs> Obviously. As, much as, what, <laughs> as much as the thing, as much as the thing we're going to create with you, because it's so, it's so fun. Cause we get so <sighs> excited about it, you know? And like, um, that just like plotting and scheming, like, you know, it's, it's, well, hey, I remember, though, just to throw up sense of community, you know, like, I think that's what's amazing. I mean, we grew up in the time of Howard Stern and where he, you know, shock jocks, where you were like glued to your radio, seeing right. some crazy guests they were interviewing. You you felt like you were in the studio with them, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. now through podcasts, you get to see this today in a long stretch of time where you can really get to feel like, you know, somebody and you feel like you're just sitting there on a couch, like listening to them. And I remember when you showed me that first, um, that podcast that was done live at Silver Lake with that guy, Chris, that he's a stand-up comedian that used to do some kind of dating thing on MTV. Remember that? Oh, Chris Hardwick. Yeah. 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 So he's got like yeah. a, a podcast with thousands of different episodes, but like that was right. when you showed me that live, I was thinking like, wow, that's the community of like comedy and and doing podcasts and like where it was an event, there was people up on the stage and the place was filled, which you'd go to see a concert and you'd watch two people sit on the couch and talk to each other. (laughs) And for me, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Podcasts. It's almost like, like how we were in local bands. And it's like, that's, that's what gives me super excitement today because, you know, I don't have to rent a practice space. I don't have to t- take these shows for f- where we get paid $50 each. And that almost made the gas money away from my family right. because we both have families and we're doing this. But in some ways, like having this kind of commitment to each other, making this music, we're still part of that community. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see where this can go to yeah, right. how we can embrace that and make it work for, for our friends and our family. Yeah. Well, yeah. Getting back to like what I was saying about the technology and like that, I wanted to mention that like I wasn't, there's so many aspects of what we're able to do now because of music technology and and the podcast technology. That's amazing. That is creating communities. Exactly what you said. So we're using that exact platform right now. Obviously we're creating a new community because of it, but it's so interesting that the same place that those really honest, open and nuanced conversations that can spark some real greatness also is the place where a lot of toxicity exists because like I even saw it happen. Like you see it in people's nervousness about what they're going to say, you know, and I don't see it on podcasts though. Like there's been a few podcasts now where they've had some guest on and they have to like, like tip it off by saying like, Oh, you know, this week, so-and-so is on, we need to acknowledge what he said on Twitter or this happened in this interview. 
Um, we hope you listen to this this conversation because I think we get a, a broader spectrum. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's really telling to me. It even happened in our last podcast. Like you said something last on the last podcast that I was like, or you said right away, like, oh man, I shouldn't have said it that way. But it's so funny because if you were in the room with those people and you heard they, like the honesty and the mistake in the moment, it would not. You wouldn't have thought anything of it. It's just this. It's this twice removed. Um, reaction that gets people going, you know, so hard on people where it's just this like cancel culture and stuff. And that's just what bums me out because it's like, there's so much more that that could be. I mean, it's, it's prevalent in the presidential debates, like on both sides, like think about it. Like you see these like 60 second clips where you, and then like they're, they're interrupted by like, and now, oh, Senator, Senator, uh, we have to we have to cut for commercial break. Like, what? We have to cut for commercial break for the next leader of the free world? Like, sh- put them on a two-hour conversation where you can get to know the person. Like, it's so ridiculous, you know? That's, and, that's I think, the unfortunate yeah. part, you know? No, and just, just to be fair, I, it was because I said, instead of LBGQ, I said LBG2. <laughs> because because I, I was describing from Mika you know like and that was funny for me like I didn't know from his music I just thought he's this really flamboyant speaker and you know and like it was obvious like the many people from the audience were from that community and it was just so loving and beautiful but like I remember that Adam exactly what you're saying like this is a podcast that you know we're, we're sending this out to our family and friends and like even when I send something wrong like that which wasn't even offensive or but like, I feel like, oh shit, you know, I'm going to look yeah. bad. Right, so right, yeah, no, you're yeah. right. That's, right. it's, it, that's, that's crazy. And I'm, I could not imagine being a vulnerable, susceptible, kind of worried acne faced teenager during that time. That's like, gotta be insane, right. which I wouldn't totally. So totally. Yeah. 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 There was one thing that I wanted to talk about that, um, community or like me with the love of traveling, I can remember vividly 2003 i was on campus by milwaukee school of engineering and i found like a flyer that said like do you want to travel to prague join our czech moravian dance group and we're you know if you if you practice and stuff we're, we're going to be going to the czech republic or in, through slovakia next year and i was like okay i'm <laughs> joining and that was like amazing because we we train like three times a week and you know we got these hand-stitched boots that came from like a small town in Slovakia and we had like these very historic outfits and we learned this traditional music I didn't know what anyone was saying and it's like we we trained and then we went on tour as an American group we are called Moja Vlast which means my homeland and we went like on a 10-day tour with other different international groups that had you know Czech Slovakian um, immigrants and stuff that, that they were keeping that tradition alive. But I can remember being at this one town in Slovakia called Detva, where it was like, you felt that you were transported a hundred, 400 years back in time or even longer. And there was, you just, you, you, you saw people like artisan craftsmen, like some guy making like these, um, wrist guards, you know, for when you're chopping wood that, that it would keep your, your clothes like away so that it wouldn't be dangerous and you know making boots or making these traditional dolls and it's like the people in the audience they literally could like look at a uniform and know which region it came from and it just felt like 
it was untouched with any type of commercial kind of, yeah, commercialness. It was just so pure that that had a huge influence on me. And I remember, yeah, just like late at night, we, you know, we ate together. We met other people from, from Hungary and from the Ukraine and stuff. And like people, you know, playing the accordion and we were dancing and like we, it's just like felt like so pure and I think ultimately we're all from the same community and those, those primitive feelings of like sharing food with each other, or cooking with each other or dancing with one another. It's like, there's something that, yeah. that brings it all back to when we're all in the stone age hunting right. and gathering together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's something to the moment from when you're thrown into a situation that is super foreign and brand new to finding your way and creating something with those people. I think that's where that sense of community for me anyways comes from is like, like, Oh shit, I'm scared. What am I going to do? Let me reach out and see like, what's going to make me feel a little bit more comfortable. Okay. These people, okay. These people, okay. Now create something new with those people. You know what I mean? And that's, that's manifested itself in so many different ways, whether it's, yeah, exactly what you're talking about, like throwing yourself into a different culture and learning about it coming together at the end, the show that you did, you know, for your birthday, you were talking about our shows in the band. I mean, it's just, yeah. and, ultim- over. and ultimately like it's our friendship, like this host guest, you know, like I'm, you know, we, we take on these roles and it's about trust and accountability and saying like, okay, I'm going to be the host now, put your guard down, follow me. You're going to be in good hands. Okay. I'm going to be the guest yeah. now. I'm not going to say, Oh, this isn't how I used to do things. <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it and, and like, see what's up, you know, and feel with it. And I think that's what we should all kind of tap into. I mean, I think we're all just trying to search for our community. I mean, I think we've all tried many different ones. The one I keep coming back to is, is what's created what I create through music with you. And that's what's constant. I mean, I've, you know, I've gotten really into skateboarding or really into surfing or really into this, really into that. But the one that is, and I come back to them and stuff, but, and there's cultures around that and community, but the music for me just comes so naturally. And I think for everyone, it's obviously it's a different thing. You know, I see it in my daughter now, like she's really into McKenna's really into cooking and like, she's where we want to send her to like a cooking camp next summer. And and like just seeing that first initial spark where you can, you know, they're going to start creating something new and, and, and the excitement is so fun to watch, you know? And, and I, and I know she's going to take that and run with it, you know? And, And as parents, you're always just like, watching to see like okay what's the thing going to be what can we you know reinforce and not to like push her into something but you know trying to make sure she feels that because it's important to give her to give our kids as much love as possible but until they find i think until they find that um that's where my self-confidence skyrocketed once i found that new community and and was able to create something on my own and new you know yeah, that this that just you talking about that makes me think about okay, so what are we gonna do for this song, and you know what what should some of the yeah. constraints be, or and I was just thinking like, man, I was thinking of making the beats, you know, like with our hands or with more found footage, clapping. Or, yeah, clapping, just right, yeah. I mean, I think th- that would be interesting. Like um, we've talked before about using going back and using like a lot of samples and stuff. And I think this would be a good opportunity to do that. Yeah. Just play some of those, those things back and forth that we we've done on telegram. 
I think I've got a really cool um, kind of like slogan manifesto chorus, you know, based on the community. And it goes back to this beautiful thing that you said to me once where it's like, if you were in a local band with some grandiose plans, let me hear where my community's at. Come on, people move them hands. Those are great. Um, I like that you're taking notes so we have some touch touchstones to hit. Um, I was thinking, <clears throat> I know we kind of said like maybe we're not ready to have the conversation with Tim, but the more and more I'm thinking about like the St. Nicky's part of the conversation, what if we just, what if we did talk to Tim, you and I, and just had it be like we floated this little section in when we talked about the bands and stuff? Because I mean, he was a huge part of that. And I think he, you know him, he's got so much, he remembers stuff better than I do even, as far as dates and when we did stuff and, and things like that. So <clears throat> what if we just floated a short, not the whole episode, but like a portion of it in, and we could even throw the song to him for like, hey, do you want to try something on this? Like whether it's vocals or guitar or whatever, that might be a fun little ditty. Because, I mean, at the core of it, like, we had all these other people in those bands, of course. You know, whether it was Luke or Jeff or or Gary and Glenn. But, like, at the core of it, the people that were driving the motivation behind the whole creating the community and, like, building shows and events and stuff was the three of us, for sure. Yo, Adam, um... I'm super excited about having Tim on there because it gives me a chance to connect with Tim who I want to tell him some things that I don't think I ever told him or you know just thinking about all the stuff we've been through and I, I'm so excited just to have him come on like you know instead of just talking about Tim 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 like let's just talk with him include him because that's like one of the most essential members of the whole community where all this started with us of, of being in local bands and you know touring and regionally and just building something so let, let's just have him on there because I really want to go in deep and I got some things to say to him and I think it's gonna make it's just gonna blow us all away my brothers from other mothers I'm really excited to get on and talk to you guys uh, reflect really let people know why we got into this in the first place, um, you know, why we created such a strong bond through music, through brotherhood, all that kind of stuff. And I just really want to, you know, let people know what it meant for us to be able to take the stuff that we created and then bring it to them and play it live. So I'm excited to talk more with you guys about that. You know, Tim's been there from the start, and we should, yeah. Ding dong, Magic Tim, podcasting. There he is. What's going on? <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> What's happening? Oh, you know, just just getting ready for the crazy, crazy holiday season that is upon us. Yeah, happy holidays. Yes, yes. Happy holidays. <laughs> May the merry men be ringing. Yeah. 
Right, it's I'm... the holiday season, so whoop dee doo and dickery dah. <clears throat> That's the only reason we had you on. We're just going to sing uh, Christmas songs yeah. for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> but but speaking of Christmas, Tim found an amazing old school Christmas song, and he was sharing it with us. And yeah, so, that was awesome. The... the song's called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, and it was written during the Civil War um, by um, a famous American poet, um, I can't remember exactly his name, but he was a Harvard professor. It's uh, Longsfellow Wordsworth or something like that. Um, but he, of course it is. He, yeah. <laughs> his, uh, his wife, his second wife had just died in a, in a fire and his son was wounded in the war. And he just was very distraught and um, just found himself um, in, a, in a very bad place. And he started walking around. He heard the bells mm-hmm. and it just brought him back to life, you know, and he, and he found he found, you know, new life and peace and happiness in that. And that's, that's what the song's about. And I, and so I'm, yeah, I'm kind of working on it right now, recording it. And I'm hoping that Adam can throw some stuff down on it and we can get it up by Christmas time. Yeah. I'm super excited. Super excited. Yeah. So we, Mike and I were just reminiscing about, you know, everything as far as like when we, you know, the three of us first met and came together as the full, the full collection of Beastie Boys. And, uh, (laughs) we need, we needed our third, but you know, Mike and I were just talking like, Obviously, Christmas time reminds us of that one St. Nicky show, you know, when we were in happy hour together. And we've mentioned Kung Fusion over and over again on on this podcast, probably at nauseum. But there was another band that we were all in together before that, that predates that when we were 16, 17 years old. And Mike and I were just trying to figure out, Tim, like how we all came together, because I was just this lost kid in high school, you know, trying to find people. And I responded to this ad at a music store 15 miles away from my school so if you could kind of shed some light on that as far as like how we all kind of came together just to give some perspective sure yeah i was i was playing in a couple bands in mcguanago wisconsin want to go to mcguanago you know and uh, i was i was uh kind of doing just bass guitar um playing punk rock and i started to um i had always you know, had, uh, been in love with hip hop and stuff. And I started, I tried to start incorporating that. And so when I branched out from some of the people I was playing with in McGuanago, I found an ad at cashmere that Adam had placed and I called him up and, uh, we were 16 and, uh, my car had died. So Adam would have these girls come drive out to McGuanago and pick me up and bring me back to Waterford so we could, we could hang out and, and jam. And, um, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> wait, wait, why did he have these girls? I, I don't know. He had these girls that just would, would come pick us up. That yeah. They were his servants? <laughs> yeah. No, I, was, I was notorious for having like 10 different girls that were like best friends. I had no guy friends and they would just like, and they would, you know, and everyone would ask me, he's like, oh, is that your girlfriend? No, we're just friends. Like I had like 10 of them, you know? And like, I was probably too stupid to realize any one of them was even into me or po- yeah yeah, yeah. I, interested yeah. in you. I was totally clueless well i mean i, I and i i guess that's the, the kind of lifestyle you had in california adam that you just thought that I was totally so. normal yeah <laughs> yeah so so adam and i were doing this this punk rock thing and we started incorporating um a little bit of like that rage against the machine sound so i was i was rapping and playing the bass at the same time which like i had my brain partitioned i don't even know how i was doing that it like really hurt. So I wanted to stop playing bass and I wanted to kind of focus more on the vocals. So Adam and I kind of, we, we had found some other people to bring into the band. Um, 
and we started changing up the sound. And I said, hey, I know this guy Mike at school that um, I think would be really great for this. And um, yeah. Wait, can I just pause you right there? How that like, because we were talking before Mm -hmm. we tied you in, you know, with Adam about like Adam going to high school. And I felt kind of like I was the ultimate like chameleon in so many different groups and stuff. And I want to know how did you like, because we weren't that good friends. I actually was friends with your cousin. Yeah, yeah. Nina was in my math class but like how did you know that i was rapping i wasn't like going down the hall yeah, no, like, i know yo, i know yo, yo, i feel like uh, i feel like nina was like my hype man at in school too like because i i was i definitely floated on a radar with a lot of people and i and i think i was one of those kind of people that i could be friendly or f- friends with most people but i kind of was more of like uh an introvert i guess um but uh, when it came to you know seeing what you were doing, I I, I remember fondly uh, sitting in the cafeteria cafeteria at Parkview Middle School and seeing you walk in with a Public Enemy shirt on, and I was like, dude, this guy looks like a badass. Who is this guy? But then you know fast forward to high school, and I and I had kind of heard that you were you were into hip hop, and I think your journey of getting into hip hop was a little bit different than mine. Um, you know where I where I was living like. You know, I'd be on the bus and I'd be like, you know, rapping and, and like I'd get picked on for it, you know, and like people were like, who's this? What are, you, what are you doing, white kid? Like, you shouldn't be liking rap music, you know, and I was like, no, it's 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 something special. You guys just don't get it yet, you know, and well, Mike was talking about that rap he wrote when he was in middle school, yeah. that silly rap with Glenn or whatever. So same. It's not that different. Right, right. But I think in high school, like because because you know, Mike can, was, you know, in football yeah. and stuff like that, like some of those guys were like this is what Mike does, you know, like I didn't have, I didn't have like something like football. I was an art kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's where we were. We yeah, were in art yeah. class. Yep. Together, that's when we first right? talked about it in our class. Yeah. It was, um, Miss Kinner's art class. Yeah. <laughs> Miss well, it's funny too. Like if you, if you yeah, think no, about well, that, Tim, like, you know, when I met you, like you were pretty anti-sports, anti-jock based on the fact that, you know, they weren't very nice to you yeah but I got what's funny on, yeah. but what's funny is like the two guys that ended up being your best friends both played football and i school. know but see so you guys like, you guys aren't aren't typical jocks though in that sense like you there no. there's more substance to you than like than just playing going out there and beating someone's head in you know what i mean yeah well i think all three of us are not typical anything right I mean, that's that's the point you know what i mean yeah so i think so i think to answer your question <laughs> no, though, like no, why the, i yeah. sought mike out in particular was i think that because I had been picked on and stuff, I had some confidence issues and I saw this kid that was super confident and he didn't care what anybody else thought. And I thought this might be a real, it it might be something that would help me come out of my shell a little bit. And it ended up being something where I think that not only did Mike teach me some stuff, but I taught him some stuff in return, you know, and it just was like, you know, it was kind of a mutual thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, hey, wait, like, like to, yeah, to, to think back now, a lot of like memories are flooding back. I always was kind of like, yeah, like I never got it. What, you know, a lot of the songs and the lyrics you wrote were just like, come on, you know, like give me a chance or like, yeah. let me prove myself. And you know what I mean? And I was like, what happened in his life that was so bad? Because like for me, like, I mean, what for whatever reason, maybe it's like me being an only child and kind of like always being pressured with set up with different friends or from, you know, my mom was always putting me in Boy Scouts and try for soccer and doing all that stuff. But 
Yeah, maybe it for me I felt like <clears throat> I I couldn't relate yeah. to that in yeah. a way. You know what I mean? Like my lyrics were totally different and I think that's why it meshed so well because it was a good balance, but at the same time Tim, I think you gave me like you took the accountability of being the mm-hmm. the lead singer or like the man on stage and it gave me even more freedom to be like the hype man or the crazy guy. Like I didn't have to sing a whole bar. I could just like, you know, harmonize on one lyric and like, it gave me so much freedom to even do right. Yeah, anything. you floated in and out, and like I think, whether it was be you know quick running over the turntables and doing something, or coming in and like doing some crazy dance, or you know like yeah, it, it kept things super interesting. <laughs> yeah, wait, but, let me get this straight. Mike had a great time being free from something. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this is like that was my manifesto. That was my. Yeah, my trademark. I just said I gotta be free. Yeah, but that's that's when you're at your best. Like it's controlled chaos. Like that's yeah. when you've always been at your best when it comes to that. If it's if you stick if we stick you in a room right now and say, Hey Mike, don't come out of this room until you write four verses for this song, you'll crawl up the walls and be punching the walls because you won't be able to handle it. But if I throw you on stage and say, Hey, we wrote this song, we're just gonna jam on it and see what happens, we're gonna leave that 10 minutes with probably a finished song and that's right. just and, the way you work. And that and that's what I needed to to evolve and grow as a performer was I need I was too rigid. I was like, you know, we practice these songs and we do it this way and I needed to come out of my shell and accept things to be a little bit more fluid and changing in the moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Mike yeah. definitely helped that with me. And right. you know, talking about um what? where like, you know, getting into to rapping and stuff like that. Mike had, you know, he said one day he's like dude, we're only talking in freestyle. You can't, you can't say anything to me unless it's in a rhyme. So like, and that really helped me. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, and just, you know, getting back to like the, this, we were all creating our own little community first, like within the three of us and within like our circle of band. Hanging out at Denny's after, after practice or after shows. But I think what really happened was, you know, that initial nucleus kind of grew and expanded and we started bringing all these other people into the mix you know, from that first jam that we did with you where we were all just like looking around the room and you came to freestyle at our practice and we were like, what just happened? It just snowballed from there, you know? Wait, yeah, didn't, didn't we, didn't Glenn play in happy, didn't Glenn come into happy yeah. order after Jeff? Glenn was our, was our first bass player after me. So, so yeah, you, you brought, brought you, yeah. Yeah, so that shows you right there. That shows you right there. Like that, Glenn, yeah, was mm-hmm. my friend in high school. And then like, as typically, like he could be the biggest quote unquote jock. Glenn, yeah, dude, no, Glenn blew my mind because like what I what I knew of him in school was like, I did not expect him to be such a talented bass player, a talented musician. Like I remember him, like you, we talked a little bit, um, you know, before about playing basement shows and stuff like that. And I remember when Glenn brought his fretless bass and stuff, and I was just like, dude, this guy is super talented. Mm-hmm. I think that band, it's funny because that band but was yeah, like so, a little yeah. mini social experiment, if you yeah. look at it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that, then that had to open up your eyes, Tim, because like Glenn was my best friend. You know, I, his mom was a daycare, had a daycare, and I went there even before in preschool. And like we were always, we oh, could yeah. always relate, you know, from... And, but at the, that's crazy. Like you go into high school and somehow you get right. compartmentalized or somehow I was able to keep mm-hmm. free or just like, you know, put so many masks on because it was right. like fun for me. 
you know, like, you know, speaking, so speaking of high school though, like, uh, you know, I, I spent about 10 years in, in 20 reasons with Brad Schweckel on drums and, you know, he went to school with us. I was good friends with his, his older brother, yeah. Dave, um, back then, like Dave and I would go to warp tour and stuff like that together. But Brad and I were not friends in school and it would be funny. Like every so often Brad would be like, Timmy, I don't know why we're in a band together. Like you were this, you were friends with all the stoners in high school. I don't know like what, what I'm doing with you right now. Like, like Brad, shut up. Like, you're, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but Tate, but Tim speaking about teaching us all and stuff, like, you know, I, I gotta tell you, um, and I don't know if we ever really talked about it, but looking back on, you know, happy hour was at like a mm-hmm. cr- turning point and, there was that situation where you like had to yeah. use some t-shirt money and stuff. And like, it's totally unfair. And like, it wasn't like $600 are missing. It was like, shit's messed up. We don't know where to go. Let's throw Tim out of the band. And like, that was just a ridiculous excuse. And I mean, I fell on my face without you. Like I could not pull it together. We, we weren't a band. Like, I don't know how long Adam, we practiced after that, but without Tim, it was just like, it's not working. And, it, and you were just like, we ousted you because we thought it was going to be a quick right. solution. And I don't no, know. No, I, you I'm know, sorry, man. Cause that's trust me. Like we all live in regret for decisions that we make and like how we go about things. And, but that's, that's stuff that we have to navigate through. And, you know, we are still friends after all these years and you know there are there are things that i wish that i would have done differently to to change this outcome but things happen for a reason and you guys went on to have kung fusion i went on to have other things and i don't think if we wouldn't have had these experiences we wouldn't have done these other things you know what i mean yeah i mean i think i think happy hour kind of ran its course but like mike i mean yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, we're all to blame for it. It was stupid, but at the same time, like we, we were taking a ton of pressure from a couple of the other guys in the band because they were trying to go, like one specifically trying to like push us, like, hey, well, remember, I remember after a show, like the guitar player was like, well, guys, it's either me or him, and so like he was putting us in that position too. So it was right. like, we just found a reason. It was like we were, I think Mike, you and I were like scared, like, okay, well, what are we gonna do? Like, we can't like we don't have enough at that time we didn't have enough well-roundedness to be like okay mike let's just go start our own thing because you know we didn't have it yet but that's what i'm saying being a community member you know like whether the communities are family or our band you know like you can't just oust someone or somebody else saying it's either him or me it's that it's like we were so immature and i feel like i should come clean too like i was very immature about kind of playing into the role of like bad Tim, Tim broke the band apart. (laughs) He used the t-shirt money and like it had enough, you know how it's like when someone, you can say bad things about a specific person in your family, like your parents, but if somebody else starts talking it, it's like, boom, your bud's boiling, boiling. And that was like, I, you know, my parents were like my dad, especially like there was things later in life where it's like, I still, wasn't just free as much as I talked about how I want to be free and I could go in all these social groups. Like I had a problem with my family because I played you out to be this villain where it's like, my dad's like, what that guy, you know, or, and, and with, because of our wedding or whatever it was. And it's just like, yes, so what I'm way over it, but some people aren't. And it's like, that's, what's dangerous, whether it's our president or anything is like, the community works when there's a communication and it can be open and people are like 
looking at themselves as a family. You can't just like push your person out of your family. Right. Well, what's crazy too is like nowadays that exact thing that happened with Tim with an actual uh, face-to-face interaction in some parking lot of a restaurant now happens within five minutes of somebody tweeting or Instagramming the wrong thing and they're canceled. The cancel culture thing. It's the same, it's the same shit. It's just it now it's even further removed and further less nuance and less communication and less emotion attached to it. So that's, that's what's scary when it comes to community for sure. You know? Yeah. But you know, like even, even after all this stuff went down, um, I took complete ownership on it and we were, we were, all hanging out again right away after that, you know, yeah, so playing like, shows you guys together. even brought me up yeah, to the right. practice space. Yeah. You guys even brought me up to the practice space, you know, when you were trying to still do happy hour, when you were practicing in Milwaukee, you know, like I was still like coming around, we were still hanging out all the time. So it just, it just, yes, happy hour with me in it and how we were, it ran its course and we definitely needed to do something different, but you know, it, it didn't, our roots together building this community were so solidified that it didn't matter. Like we still found a way to come back together. And Mike and I had some serious conversations about it, you know, shortly after um, when, when happy hour in my mind broke up with, you know, when I was no longer in it, it, to me, the band broke up. It took, I I just, I didn't, I didn't even know how to deal with that. It it really crushed me. And um, I remember talking to Mike about a dream I had and Mike ended up going out and buying me this this dream interpretation book and stuff like that. But I mean, I had a hardcore dream when I was so like we were eighteen years old, where I was in like bourgeoisie France and like I got like my you know, I got beheaded and stuff. Like people were like yelling at me in French, yeah. And like Mike and I talked in depth about this stuff and like it to this day is one of the craziest dreams I've ever had in my life, you know. But it, it to me like I interpreted it as like it was like new life. I had to refine myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, what's funny too is, you know, I community, community in general, and definitely our circle of friends and and beyond just with my own family, I've always been a kind of person that when there is like hardship or or whatever happens, like I immediately pivot into like the connector role or like the, the, the problem solver or whatever. Mm -hmm. So from that day forward, I was constantly like, whenever I knew Mike was going to be in the area and Tim was going to be in the area, I was always the guy that was like, Hey Mike, let's go do this thing. (laughs) Like trying to force the relationship back again, you know? And it wasn't until I think I finally backed away that it really kind of came together again. You know, whether it was like calling Mike up and saying, Hey, I know Tim's going to be at this thing. Let's go. Let's just show up. Like that was just, I was always trying to like facilitate. I surprised, I was surprised by your wedding. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but dude, but like even, you know, so what in my, so happy hour like ended with us in 98, right? Mm -hmm. You guys were Kung Fusion by 99. Like I remember like, I remember introducing you guys at your Halloween show at the rave, you know, where I was dressed up as the Baptist preacher, you know, like we were, I mean, it it was, yeah, it was, it was a short, it was a short little window. We were back, we were back to doing the stuff that we did. Well, well, think about it. Th- no, <clears throat> but I think there was one really important time when I think it was after your wedding and, and Adam made something aware to me. He's like, you know, everything you do, Mike, y- you stand in your own way because you want to make it like bigger or more extravagant than, you know, everybody else. The, <laughs> or, the you, grand you know, like, gesture thing. Like, well, that, yeah, 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 like instead of just saying, hey, Tim, I'm going to be in town for your wedding. Like, what are the coincidences? Like, it can't go. It's like, no, let's make a surprise. And like, 
steal the show kind of thing, right. you know, like it's and, and like, but that actually teaches me and stuff. And it thinks about all the roots. Like when I was in a local band, like my main role is like to connect people and to know the best people that can help me with these things and work together and collaborate on, on all different levels. Like I love that kind of whether I'm digging for vinyl or digging for a new connection of someone to like bring it together. And I think like that's where that whole Christmas thing happened with St. Nikki's. Right. You know, because when I was in this local band, then all of a sudden I was dating a girl from another nearby city and, and I got, became friends with all of her crew. And we, I was in the ska band because it just kind of worked out that way. It's like, I was playing in this, like, you know, crossover rap rock band and then like in a ska band. And it's just like, well, let's all play together. And like, then it just became more of a challenge. It's like, who else can we get? Oh, we can get this, you know, this band and this band and like a, a, a hip hop band from Milwaukee and a, an all girl band that never played a show in my high school. Mm-hmm. And like, we put it all together and it's just like it, that's where the roots of entrepreneur came. Like, that's why I have my own business today. Like going out months before the show is going to happen, find out what dates are available. How much is the place going to cost? You know, how's it going to work with selling alcohol there? Like how can, who could be at the door? How are we going to make flyers? Go out, reach out to the band, see if they're going to play and you can't promise them too much money, but you know, you need to sell it. You need to sell, like, we're going to bring this huge kind of benefit concert for the hunger. Oh yeah, let's do a benefit concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will make yeah. people want to do, you know, well, like Mike, it just, like, I think that's, it's snowballed. That's what you, that's what you taught me. And I'm sure Tim, you as well, but like you really taught me not to be afraid to go outside your own community, your own inner circle and like reach out. And I watching you do that, watching you put together this like super urban hip hop band that that's never left like the South side of Milwaukee with this like suburban trio girl band, you know, that could be on Lilifair and they're like, they're, they're side by side stages. It was like our own mini Lollapalooza. And like you were Perry Farrell from, from, from um, <laughs> Jane's addiction, you know? And like, that's just taught us so much. And to this day, like, thank God we recorded that show, you know, at sunset bowl in, in Waukesha and we had that recorded and now i still go back to that probably once a year and and listen to those songs and you there's a there's a specific song in that set that you did this freestyle and it was that's the i just think about it so much because it's just so you you know you you explained the show in the freestyle it was so original and like to this day you know 13 bands i got the plan i'll schedule these bands together okay i got a question if you, and on and an answer too if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then you really want to show it. Come on, everybody, clap your hands. Check it out. Session. Why you messing? Why you stressing now? This is the things to talk about. 13 bands, I got the plan. I'm gonna schedule the bands together. We wanna say it's like unite peace forever. Check it, hands I be free. Unite, yes, one in my life style. And it's only begun. Check the, check the, or check the style that we write in. And Tim, I'm gonna be the deal about silence. silence. Hey, hey, oh, oh, it's comfortable, comfortable. When I scream and say comfortable silence, you make noise. Silence! 
I gotta control the flow What the sound you hear through I'm from a let's see what else would I do It's all about stand control I'll be a proud Attention, get up, cut the crap for you all I'm gonna make a difference, bring it back into focus We got our shit straight, so be proud of us This is how we stay strong Rock the show all night long Cause we got the power to write our song so keep it on and on for real, all for the people till the break of dawn. Never stop, never quit, don't put up with no bullshit. And yo, nobody's making no silence. So keep it on and on, keep it on and on, and make some noise till the break of dawn. Yeah. Never stop and never quit, and never put up with no bullshit, and no, no, no making no silence. Back when I was in preschool, the teacher used to remind me of those nursery rhymes. I said, I love those nursery rhymes. And some little back and said, why don't you marry it? So I did. You see, it's a mutual feeling between what? two people. And it feels so right. There's no equal. Onto the nighttime. Moonlight shining bright. And it's the right time to join us in with things in life. Tension cut just like a night. And the day job got me full of stripe. So I find that nightlife to be my peace and God comfortable. Think about the way it is, the way it should and could be. I sit back, relax, and let my soul go free. So keep it on and on. Until the break is on, yeah. Yo, though, I'll keep it on and on. So keep it on and on. Yo, yo, man, they so silent. So break it on. Everybody unite as one. Now you're gonna run on And I guess it's like, what? Cool, breezes you cannot say, but I love you. I must be God. Give me those warm feelings in my mind. To come and go with the flow, love is blind. So I guess this must be true. All the beautiful things that you do. Come and drive me in stream. Memories from deep in my brain. Falling down like the rain. Pouring down. The whole, the whole organization of that, of that show, the whole process was such a really, I mean, it was a great learning experience for all of us. I mean, like so much went into that from the creation of the flyers, like Mike hand drew the flyers, legal size, legal size, <laughs> eight and a half by 14, not, not some like 11 by 17. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's too many bands. We couldn't fit them on one sheet of, of. So Mike, Mike, yeah. I want, I wanted to ask you and Tim, the same question, you know, in both what you guys are doing for a living now, I, I mean, I know Tim partially your stay at home dad, which is the best thing ever, but Mike, like in Spirit of Space, you know, working for this film company that like films architecture in this very artistic way, you know, when I first started watching you create that business, it was so cool to see because it felt the same as watching you in Confusion, like you were able to kind of combine these different talents of yours, but still be mm -hmm. creative and still have it be a job. But do you feel like when you when you sign up for a new job, like that has anything to do with like creating communities like on each mm -hmm. each job? Yeah. Yeah, def definitely. I mean, first of all, it's crazy that when we played that Ano Anopa Brewing sh show, Anopa Brewing was like in River West, Milwaukee, and they had this Made in Milwaukee show and it was pretty much like a St. Nicky show, exactly. total variety, yeah. you know? And I can remember that was like the end of October 2005, and Adam, who's my business partner, came to film that show for me because we just kind of became friends. And I can remember the days forward, like talking about the bands not really going to held up. Our our bass player Glenn moved to the Virgin Islands, and then we had our friend Matt take over, and it was just like, remember Adam, like walking around the track by yeah, it was me, Locust. it was me, you and Roberta, like we were talking, we were, and we were just kind of, yeah. we were coming to terms with like this is not going to work, Moving and on. the band needs to break up. And I'm Tim, exactly what you're talking about, like. You put so much energy and passion, like you tell everybody, this is your baby, you know, like you're hoping to get signed. You're hoping to, to make the next big, like to make a cut like that. 
to be played on the radio or to do anything. And like, then it's just gone. And you think like, what did I do for the last five or six years? You know, what, why, what was, what was the, the sense right. of all this? And it's like, after that show, it was a kind of a graceful entrance. I mean, Theresia was pregnant. I was going to, I was like, okay, then I'm moving to Germany. Like I, I was in the Bauhaus and then I took that film and I remember coming back and Adam, I showed him a film that I made cause I, took like a, um, an extracurricular course and I filmed this very important piece of architecture that started in 1923 that exhibited the work of the Bauhaus and I made this stop motion film like all by hand 10,000 pictures and I showed it to Adam when I came back we ate at Nessun Dorma and then I was like we figured out that this could work I could be in Germany he could be in Chicago and we could keep going with this film thing and for me it was like a seamless transition all the passion all the late nights talking about it you know finding a band name thinking about the next show that's the same thing as like getting a new client mm -hmm. you know or or doing a show with somebody or finding a band that's going to be your ally right. so like every time especially what we do we make films to help architects communicate so you involve you bring people into their you know controlled chaos you bring them into the community by making a film that's honest and you can share it with everybody right, right, right. and that really you brought me on a on a on a job out here in Southern California at Cal Arts up I, in Hollywood, and I saw that firsthand. Like watching you interview these students and like talk about, you know, what the space meant to them, and like it, I was just like blown away. I was like, man, this makes so much sense. Why you're meant to do this? Like it just it it really made me happy to to watch that. But, you know, man. But it was cool to see you and you were just like, you were starting to ask the people questions <laughs> <laughs> right away. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Adam, nice. <laughs> yeah. But like Tim too, like same, same kind of question. I mean, I, I kind of gave you the nickname Mayor Rice a couple of years ago because it was, it was born off of like watching you go to these new towns, like, you know, your, your wife, Kim, um, working as a professor, took you guys out to Washington state you know, on the West Coast first, and then you guys went to um, Western Illinois University in the small little town Macomb. But both of those situations, I, I had gone there to visit you, and you would walk through these little small towns, and it was like, hey, there's the guy that makes, you know, craft beer. Here's the, there, This is the coffee roaster. This guy owns his own skate shop, and you would just walk through town, and everybody would be like, hey, Tim, hey, Tim. I was like, man, you're like Mayor Rice. And it, it was you are such a cultivator of community as well, you know, having your own graphic design business and stuff and joining the rotary and all that stuff. So like, what do you feel like those early days with us, like, you know, kind of benefited you in, in that sense and like talk about that a little bit. Well, I think the one thing that I felt like I was always the most sure of in my life was that I was going to play music and I wanted it to be something where I could, make that my job and make a living. And, you know, every time a band broke up, it was a, why there's, a, there's actually a line I wrote in, in a, in a plus ETD song. And I told Kim about this recently and she's like, man, that's so like deep and like, why? Uh, but it was basically, um, uh, it was, it was actually, um, a 20 reasons song when plus ET broke up. It was, um, okay. Um, impre impressions erase themselves. Why did I even start? And like, it was like, it was almost like I was kind of in, I was depressed again, you know, happy hour broke up. Mm -hmm. I was depressed. Plus ETD broke up. I was depressed. 20 reasons taken is on hiatus pretty much. And it's like, these were the things I thought that I was going to do. So 
I think in every other aspect of my life, I'm always reaching out like, how do I apply the stuff that I learned making music and, and playing shows to my life? And I think I, you know, when I started my business in Macomb, I just looked at it as like, how can I unite people? How can I get them to see what I'm doing and what I want to do for this community? And it just, yeah. I think, you know, the best, the best way to describe it is that, you know, when you're an artist, the, the picture itself speaks for itself, right? And I think that's what music does too. It speaks for itself. When you're great at highlighting other people's abilities too. Yeah, you know? they're, they're bringing you in, Tim, right? Like they, you have to come in there. You have to know yeah. who they are, what they're about, what they're trying to do so that you can make a logo that you could <clears throat> do a branding oh, yeah. or a website. Yeah, for you them. have to ask a lot of questions. You have to understand what their mission is. What their what, vision Yeah, is, what their yeah. vision is. And, and I, I definitely pride myself on on hitting a home run the first time. Like, I don't want to keep going back and forth with, with a client, you know, and having to do all these redesigns. Like, I really try to mm. knock it out the first time. So I really get in depth with them. I ask a lot of questions and I really try to understand them from the inside out before I start the design. Right, right. Well, I think <clears throat> that's the exact reason why I wanted to loop you in on this podcast and just in general, because exactly what you were talking about, that depression of not having a band, like I haven't had a real true band since confusion really, but I've had all these other little things here and there, but it wasn't until I realized like, Hey, you can just make music with the people that you want to make music with. And like, even this conversation is just as good for me as being on stage because yeah. it's, it's, it's highlighting that same emotion. You know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> and I think Mike and I found that, and I, you know, I wanted to loop you in on this being the, the eternal connector that I am. <laughs> well, but so just, well, I mean, just to go off what you were just saying, I mean, like for me, music was my drug. It like, it really felt like that's what I was supposed to be doing a hundred percent of my time. And it wasn't until I started my business in 2012 that that feeling was replaced. I actually, uh -huh. I, I mean, I still enjoy making music and I still love it, but I don't feel the need to go play shows or anything. Like I don't have that same feeling like I used to. Same, my, mu yeah. my my business, my graphic design is now my creative output or my outlet, you know? So it's just different. Right. So, yeah, that's great. Well, here, Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, man, let, let me just tell you guys, even though you're all far away, no one is in exile, part of the same community. So let me open up with a freestyle. It's worth your while. It's been a long time since we got the band together. And whether it's a podcast or on stage, it can change like the weather because it's all blended in 2020, 2020 vision, and we're 40 and honey. We want to keep going. This is not funny. The beatbox, yo, we're not here to make money. We're here to pass out love and got a lot of it. Buckets of shit. So come on and get your full. I got apples. You want to polish them? <laughs> Why not some fried chicken? It's finger licking. Oh, that was fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. Mikey, Mikey. Yeah. No. And, and hey, Tim, we got to keep, we actually, Tim have been, and I, we've been keeping that up like with, uh, with Telegram, with our messaging app, mm -hmm. you know, that will just drop a line or we'll do some cool with the kids. I mean, there's always time to to make a There's show. There's always time to write a rhyme. Life. That's right. <laughs> always time. That's right. Yeah. No. This and this medium, like Tim, when Mike and Mike and I have been talking, like we can do. There's so many things we can do. Like think about it. Like every one of these podcast episodes is basically a live show in someone's pocket. You know what I mean? That it, and it's it's um, if we can cultivate that, you know, just in a little tiny way, right. like and it's it's so 
it's so freeing for us and it, 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 it and it it gives so much back to me like i know the rest of my day i'm gonna be on cloud nine just from just from this conversation i haven't even made the music part yet you know it's the same last weekend i i played this one song with my wife's sixth grade sixth graders we learned you know i played drums and my wife played bass and I came off of that as a high, you know, like we right. played one song and, I, and I'm walking around that room buzzing. Like I'm going up to the piano player, Heinrich, Hey, Hey, do you want to jam after everybody like leaves and stuff? Like, you know, I couldn't stop. Like, I'm just like, Roberta's like, Adam, sit the fuck down. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I really appreciate you guys bringing me in this because um, I don't spend yeah. a lot of time thinking about music and, you know, just being, having my hands full with the kids and, and trying to, take that extra time to work on my business that I have left. I don't, I don't think about music that much. And it's it's another child. It's another, and when you, when we started talking a little bit about music and I, and I I threw that, that Christmas song out to you guys and stuff, you guys had me, you got, got me excited to get, and I wanted to do some more music. So Adam, I'm looking forward to you throwing some bells on that and finalizing this and getting it online for Christmas. And Mike, if there's stuff that we can do together, the three of us, like I'm always in. Yeah. And this, you know, okay. for this, for the song, for this podcast, just to kind of, you know, wrap this up, I think we've, I think we've covered it. Um, our idea so far, like, you know, Mike, you started with that clapping. I think we're going to go super organic. I want to bring in all of this conversation, whether it's talking about like how the three of us came together, mm-hmm. the community that we made with the local bands, the community in our families, you know, with, with your business, like all this stuff. And this, the whole idea around this is still coming together like bringing people together whether it's virtually or in real life or whatever definitely so yeah. so yeah to, to yeah, elaborate on it so yeah we're using that song comfortable silence from that show saint nicky's that was 22 years ago mm-hmm. and we're going to try to to <laughs> pull samples isn't from it that. today yeah or is it tomorrow no, uh, tomorrow december 20th yeah tomorrow yeah. that's crazy yeah no way yeah yeah yeah. Hey, Frick, man, that's, yeah, that's insane. Frickin' Frick. Yeah, yeah that's, you know, the, hey, I want to just say the best thing about this podcast is that, like, it, 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 it's the most beautiful thing. You know how a lot of times when just going to practice every week and writing new songs and hanging out with your friends like that, that was the best. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you know, driving to some regional place, a VFW hall that someone rented out and feeling like, <laughs> why? Or, you know, like there wasn't anybody at the show. There's more other musicians that were going to play watching yeah, us. Yeah, anticipating the letdown when that, you get to That the was the best part. And that's what this podcast can tap into. And then it gives us, yeah, like what you're saying, Tim, you're motivated to like put this stuff together and th- through the power of the th- us three. You yeah, know, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what we can come out with. Like this is community, like just doing this conversation. So, so talking about the together. three of us and the community that we built, I can also say thank you to Mike for continuing to help me grow my personal com- uh, community that uh, because he forced me to come out to a show in Madison um, and reconnect with a girlfriend that I <laughs> I broke that had dumped me. Um, I am now married to her yeah. and we have two wonderful children together. So I thank Mike for, for that. And she was also working the door at the original St. Nicky's. I can see yeah. that picture of her smiling with like that mm-hmm. the uh-huh. Santa hat on. It's such a beautiful smile yeah. too. <laughs> That's hilarious. If you're in a local band with some grandiose everybody plans, cl- come on, everybody, and clap, clap the hands, clap, uh, clap, clap, clap. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go make let's go make some music. Let's go write hey. let's go write this song. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. All for one, one for all. Let's all do right, it, love you guys. 
a chorus just popped into my head and I don't want to lose it. And it's kind of like old school J5 style. I'll do it one line at a time um, so that I can gather the thoughts because it's not quite fully formed yet. So tell me what you think. So here's line one. Create a holiday community. Side of negative immunity. Big up the past lives, good vibes. Then either come together in virtual harmony or come together in virtual unity or something like that. I think I've got a really cool um, kind of like slogan manifesto chorus, you know, based on the community. And it goes back to this beautiful thing that you said to me once where it's like, if you were in a local band with some grandiose plans, let me hear where my community's at. Come on, people move them hands. Fully immerse yourself. It's more than wealth. Give in all of yourself so we can all excel. Propel our people opportunity. We stand together, one and all, a common bond done beautifully. Yo, what's up, Adam? I'm, I'm here driving along the A72 back home from Berlin. And, like, I'm just thinking about that community stuff. And it's like coming back from New York, you know, landing in very, very gray, rainy skies in Berlin bitter cold, you know, biting your hands to pull open the door. I just was like thinking of the community, like that a lot of communities are based physically and just like dealing with the same environments. And I just can't wait till we have some sunshine again here. And so I was just like, I was thinking of like, you know, the community, there's like another part or some singing more like long pulled out where you could do like, we all in this together. Whatever way it's going to work out, we are in this thing together. Whatever way it's going to work out, we're going to be in the same shit, no doubt. Like, boom, boom, We're all in the same circle of enemies and friends, and how your life goes is how the way you look, it depends. Relative to night and time and space, but you got to embrace some community that's up in your face. Enjoy the criticism, individualism, and stop the pacifism. We all in this together. Do you like it or not? Until the heart stops, one drops, another one pops out of the ground. I get down in the sunshine. I like a layer of cake. Who's going to take the last piece? There's nothing else you can give. We got nowhere to go where we all want to just be in this together. Whoa, we in this together. We're all in the same community, being this together, oh, being this together, la, la, la. We're all in the same community. Yo, thanks for sending that thing that from Mike's Freestyle, because I think Mike was onto something with a bridge there. Check this shit out. We're all in this together, whoa, we're all in this together, la. Just got to finish it up.
create a holiday community. I'm talking about negative immunity. Big up the past lives, good vibes. Come together in real life harmony. Community, the concept ain't nothing new to me. Since 96, with some kids from the sticks, just want a unity. The movement be through music, we kept it moving free, moving free. What's your schedule? Where you going? Stop and look around what's going until we meet the all knowing. Take part, keep flowing. If you're in a local band, with some radio fans, come together, real life unity. Gather around, we got community. Come together, real life unity. Gather around, we got community. Now you can tell me this you can tell me that. One thing I always know The community got my back Let's all get together And push ourselves Feeling whatever Yes, what? Love propels Propel our people opportunities By coming by done beautifully Rock the bells, break spells Fully immerse yourself It's more than wealth Give in all yourself So we can all excel We just rivers to the ocean Devotion to commotion Basically we're all the same group of hemoglobins I'm a teller like a spokesman Silence can be golden What do we know about partying or anything else? Yes, that track is Garbanzo Beans. Pasty, thick, tangy and tart, just like your favorite hummus. No, it was... First of all, you got... It sounds like Milwaukee County Stadium organs in the background. Maybe Bob Euchre's mixed up in their mix. You've got samples scratched up. From Midnight Marauders, the album from A Tribe Called Quest with Clap Your Hands Now, that's slick. I mean, Polishing Apples, who doesn't want to take a bite out of that? Is No, that's crazy. Like, Adam Adam just, like, reworked everything. So the, the coolest thing about this whole thing is it's totally not what I expected because it's not what I tracked, and to see Adam you know, slice and dice this thing together from weaving in and out of the some of the lines that Adam and I and Tim all put together. It just flows so fluid. And basically it's it's proof that Ableton is an instrument. You know, the things that you can do with it, the the freedom that it makes, it's just so enjoyable. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's incredible to take out that freestyle that we did within the podcast and then put it in on the track. 
It's, 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 I got a big smile on my face. Um, yeah, I don't know what else, what, what should I say about the track? Yeah, it's cool. There's, there's live drums in there. You're actually sampling the bass from, from Comfortable Silence. And then, um, like, yeah, like that's so cool. Tim had those lyrics of, um, you can tell me this or you can tell me that. And that's like right on tempo with Comfortable Silence. So that's cool. And yeah, I don't know. I just, to me, it feels just like, it's like a an ode to the Beastie Boys, you know, like we're just, it totally reminds me of that feeling of being up there at, in Burlington above trendsetters and just, you know, writing on a bright orange legal pad and just figuring out rhymes. And I think it's, it's cool that, you know, community, we could go so many different ways. And one of my lyrics about thinking about that we're all rivers to the ocean and stuff is just everybody being online together. And somehow, you know, when you tune into Headspace or the Zero, the intermittent fasting app, you know, you just see like, oh, right now, 523,779 people are fasting with you or tune in to, to Headspace and do live meditation. There's 569 people that are meditating with you and you, you never met these people and it's like you all are tuned in and so that was that was what my lyrics about and yeah, yeah there was that thing in the back or I guess you, Adam you chose that and you put it right before like you put the freestyle in about like the man that once used to be her everything was now uh, <laughs> I forgot the lyrics but that that all came from a book which is totally about community it's it's called Rap Dad from Juan Vidal that I was reading or listening to at the time. And just check this out right here. Check this. Together, we represented power in numbers. We were rappers, poets, skaters, dope pushers, misfits, and sneakerheads, all attention-starved. Our lives revolved around hip-hop and what the music had helped birth in us, an appetite for more, more, more. I grew up with a hunger so big I thought of nothing else. Hunger for food, yes, but mainly for significance. Hunger for meaning. I look for signs in everything, the nugget of truth and the dirty joke, the broader message and the freestyle. When it yeah, I mean, come on, that that just describes me like <laughs> it's so cool listening to to this book. But that was a part about me thinking, I mean, he wrote the, um, that specific part about like his dad and being as, as hard as we try to do and what we try to do in life. Sometimes we are a product of what you know, what, what hurt us the most. It's like, that's what I want to build right now is be a strong foundation for my community, which is my family. And, um, yeah, I'm just like a workaholic drug addicted to every kind of project and things I can do. And sometimes I, I just, I'm, that's my biggest fiend to fight for that so like I wanted to put those lyrics down to try to be that better man to be that solid foundation of rock and yeah that was fun writing about that and just thinking about all these multiple layers of what community means and I mean man bringing Tim as a guest in there it was just it's beautiful so I'm super proud and stoked and yeah what's up Adam this is so cool how you remix that shit I never would have expected that, and it's at yet at the same time everything I hope and yeah wanted it to be. So let's keep it fresh. It's raw, 
And yo, let's keep it off the top of the head. What can I say other than that was a very ambitious thing for us to try to do around the holidays, but we pulled it off. And it was it was a fun topic to come together on, especially because of the history that we have with um, that time of year and with what we were doing with St. Nicky's back when we were just fresh out of high school. So um, it was a, it was a great thing to talk about community and just the community that we created as youngsters and then the communities that we went on to build in our adult years. Um, for me, when I was writing the lyrics, it was it was really great to think about my time in Macomb and what and what that town and community meant to me. I mean, it was just it was a special time and I'm glad that we're going to be going back in a couple months. So um, it was really fun to come together on this song. It was fun to be able to play some some keys and to work on the different vocal parts. Ultimately, it was fun to come together with you guys and create something. You know, we haven't done something on this level in in many years. So that was that was real special for me. Man, I couldn't echo both of your sentiments any better. Um, I agree with both of you. This song was so much fun to make. Uh, the podcast was so much fun. It was great to be nostalgic, but then also to create something new from that nostalgia. You know, I mentioned that, Tim, you're kind of like the third Beastie Boy in our little crew. And because you make you make a different um, outcome. You know, Mike and I make music together and I love just making music with Mike. But then when you come into play, it makes something completely different. And it's, it's so heartwarming to know that that's still there, you know, going back 20 some years, it's, you know, it still makes something really cool. We kind of push each other in a really cool way. It was fun to kind of play almost like DJ producer with this song, take the stuff you guys sent to me, whether it was Tim, your keyboard line, or your bass part, or the lyrics Mike spit, or you sang and kind of me play composer and kind of put everything together. That's where I kind of, that's what I love to do. So it was so much fun to play DJ like that. And ultimately there were some happy accidents in there to quote Bob Ross. And um, there was definitely some planned chaos and controlled chaos and it was, it was all awesome. So I loved it. I love reflecting on this and Tim, I could definitely see you coming back again for another episode, um, floating in for, for another podcast, and, and we look forward to more in the future. So thank, thank you to everybody that listened, and let's move on. See you guys in episode five very soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you for letting us be here tonight. We're happy our tonight. Boom, boom, boom.